0: what it is what's up got your podcast in the cut auburn versus baylor uh oh yeah by the way it's tell us a suicidal podcast uh if you are coming from auburn content it's sporadic sometimes it's here so subscribe if you want to or don't i would rather you do but either way try to engage with it get that algorithm to like us a little bit more try to clump cool the podcast charts and we probably won't but we're trying uh auburn versus baylor probably the most hype regular season game Auburn's been a part of, maybe in modern history. Um, you could contend that some of these in season matchups have been a little bit more hype uh, on a regional level, but I don't think many people care about Auburn struggles against the elite in the SEC um, and how some of those have been broken in a regular season matchup and how some of them have not. Um, I simply put, I think this is the biggest one Auburn's been a part of. Baylor appears to be the best team in college football right now. Uh, college basketball right now, college football they kind of suck butt, but they have been playing in what appears to be the best conference in basketball, if not the best, maybe the second best. Um, they've beaten multiple teams by 30 plus. They've been ranked teams by 10 plus. They've been top 10 teams in in the in droves. Um, they just appear to be a dominant force, and after playing what could be contended uh, as the other number two or other top two team in Gonzaga, Auburn wanted to see how you stacked up against such an opponent for the second time in the season. And um, I guess we'll discuss how they did that after the break. Alright, so it's the podcast how it's three takeaways. I'm going to keep it just three this time because I feel like if you watch that game, it's pretty easy to summarize most of the issues there. You can I was going to deeper effect on some of them, but I'm going to try to keep it bare level because I know you guys want to hear 30 minutes of me just rambling about nonsense. Um, and my voice is tired from yelling about that game and other related things I yell about. So number one. Now, one mf is going to... We'll try to keep it clean so I can avoid the split attack. Not one MFer is going to the league from Auburn University, the basketball team, this season. It's not happening. You can put some freezing cold takes if you want to. Adam, it's not happening. Sharif Cooper, what's Sharife, what what is Sharif's problems? If you had to guess, if you, the typically not very basketball in tuned um, watcher of the recent Auburn. Run! Look at the point guards. Look at the point guards. Look what they've been good at. Look what they haven't been good at. Five eleven, Jared Harper. Great wingspan for a five eleven player. Very smart with his hands. Can get some steals. Bad at on ball defense. But at his very best, very engaged. Could kind of get away with it. But for the most part, pretty bad on home ball defense. Javon McCormick. Very stout. Five. 11 six foot point guard very stout very strong built still six foot point guard but better on defense than jared harper um what could he not do not a great shooter not a willing shooter uh kind of decent off the ball catch and shoot shooter but obviously playing in auburn system which creates about one percent um of off ball looks for their guards to get shots up about 1% to 2%, you know, pretty much none. Um, didn't get many chances to do that. So, not, not a great off the dribble shooter. Good mid range shooter. Team doesn't take many mid ranges. Space is clogged. He's a good slasher. Not many chances to slash. It's um, so okay. Solid offensively, better defensively, limitations in, in the aspect of shooting the ball. Okay. Not not a great not great that the ability to also look to score and look to pass. Kind of either one or the other, not both. Garrett Harper, better blend of those two abilities. Truth Cooper. Amazing at looking to pass. Also amazing at generally speaking at looking to shoot. In 510 ish, maybe 5'10, um not a shooter. Uh, Matter of fact, not a good shooter. Not a great shooter in any kind of capacity. Uh, Pretty good three points. uh, Pretty uh, above average, solid three-point shooter in high school. Guys in high school aren't like six, four guards, typically. Just four point guards. Um, They're also not about 20 to 30 pounds more sturdy built than you are. So kind of tough, you know, kind of tough. But Cooper makes do with it. Great driver. Usually a smart dribbler, usually. Doesn't appear to have a... You know, I, one thing I would say, on high school film, he had a pretty live sense of hesitations and, and misdirection. His actual dribble package, I think, needs to be a little bit better on this level, uh which is something that can happen. You know, you can develop that. But on this level, he has not shown... Someone called, compared to Kyrie One of our previous games He doesn't have Half the handles of Kyrie He has good body control As far as actual handles They're not It's a it's a. If you look at uh, uh, Stephen Curry And compare him to Kyrie Irving About four years ago Curry had good handling Kyrie had Good Had elite handling Curry also had elite body control Which Kyrie also has elite body control But There's a difference between great Handling and elite handling Cooper has For college purposes Has great handling because I have elite handling On this level I believe In my opinion In my opinion Um But good at setting himself up To go to the rim Uh good uh, Obviously the handling is better Than 99% point guards But like Not Kyrie level Handling Let's just say the handling Um Can go to the rim Usually at will Can get a step on you Part of the instincts Of his body control And you know Just hesitation Understanding that stuff has not proven to be the level of entry he needs to be at to be 5'10". And I say that thinking, you think undersized point guards. Kyrie's about six foot, six foot one, but people think of him as a smaller point guard. Um, Chris Paul, smaller point guard. Tyler Uless, Um These guys do you not know, have to have a pretty stellar uh, finishing ability, as if you can't, like, blow. Like, if there's somebody on your shoulder... You pretty much have to make that layup almost every time, anyway. It doesn't matter if you're a smaller guy because you're always going to be a smaller guy. You kind of have to make a layup almost every time. The tough finishing ability that you see in two K has to be about ninety five percent. I would say Sharif Cooper's in his freshman year, which again he's a freshman, probably about seventy five percent. He's made some crazy handles, like he uh crazy finishes. He's made some crazy ones. And you can see he has the ability to make even more crazy ones. Like, his potential also go up because you can see he has the, the skill and the, I guess, knowledge of where the ball needs to be at on the backboard to make things happen. But he's not... He's off like, like millimeters and most of the times those things happen. And they happen very often. And it's also not just a difference between making layups and tough layups because you're going to have a lot of tough layups. It's also a difference in... A getting blocked from behind as Vital did to him, it's a difference in making more and ones, which isn't very common for Cooper. Even when he has like pretty easily um, finishable layups, he still, if he gets fouled, he does not really make and ones too often, which is something that he could do if he figures out kind of his placement a little bit better. Again, things he could probably figure out watching film, practicing more on against D one athletes, of um, all that stuff, but. I digress. Fishing could be better. Um, shooting could be better. Defense. Horde. He is not a good on ball defense. Uh, on, on ball at the point defender. He's not good at that. Uh, I've seen multiple times where, forget just buying him. People just go past him. He's, the, he's supposed to be the quicker of the two point guards whoever he goes up against. Sometimes he just gets blown by. He's not a very, he's decent off the ball playing stealing lanes but he doesn't have an amazing wingspan like cooper i mean by harper harper like a 6'5 5 wingspan harper, i think cooper has like a five-eleven wingspan he has pretty much the same height which is bad i mean you don't want to have on any position you don't want to have the wingspan match your height unless you're about 7 3 and then you kind of like you're stuck but he has literally like his same body height if not small in his wingspan so he can't really play uh, passing lanes as well as he should be able to and he's just mentally not a good defender like he just kind of just gets beat now like i said about harper at his best he's serviceable he can keep him on the court and like kind of feel like you can maybe win the matchup 1v1 like against the other point guard but when he's tired as he became in the second half um you know just being worn down off doubles and all that he's abhorrent um, he's a boring, I don't know who his lead matchup was, uh, at his best, like at the start of the game, but, um, him against Davion was not good. Uh, he tried, he kind of, it was one moment where I think Davion had a step back three on him, uh, or maybe a step back long too, that he could, like, Davion just did a, a snatch back as you have seen Cooper do a couple times, and, like Cooper just went flying and, um, that wasn't good luck. He wasn't good against Teague. Uh, Not Teague, uh, Butler. Damn sure wasn't good against Butler. And um, wasn't entirely great against Vital, though I think that was probably his best matchup. Um, Vital, Dago, 0-3. I don't think that's his primary matchup. I think Vital is about like uh, more of a Jamal Johnson uh, defender or guy that would be a defender. Um, So yeah, there was that. And yeah, just just, about as bad. Like if you were thinking, okay, Cooper could go to the league. After the past few games, he's like, all right, well, what could prevent that from happening? Uh, what what could be exposed in, in this big-time matchup? The hardest team that he'll play for the remainder of the season, what could be exposed and how likely it is that that would happen for his draft stock not to reach that necessary pinnacle, whatever you think that might be, to be able to go. And this game did that. This game exposed everything that makes him... Not a top 10 pick Not a lottery pick um, At this moment And likely going into the draft cycle It just it, You just can't You can't win with a guy that's a non-shooter And not good at defense I don't care if you're a Trent If you're Chris Paul If you're a uh, Fucking uh, Fat lever uh, Whoever It it really just, it doesn't does matter how good a passer you are Jokic uh, Doncic, Whoever Trey Young It doesn't matter You just can't you can't be a non-shooter at five eleven, and not and not the best finisher ever. <laughs> and that, forget being the top percentile; not the best finisher ever. To, he just has too many flaws at this moment. And other guys, that I think we consider Flanagan. I don't even want to go into Flanagan. I'll, I'll give uh, Flanagan his own takeaway. Um, J.T. Thor looked like the best player on the Auburn team if we're being three real uh, three BH. Uh looked the best player on the team. I know he got most of his touches in, in what you consider garbage time. But they still have their starters out there, by the way. So not really garbage time. Flagler. Flagler is the one who cooked Cooper. Flagler had everything he wanted against Cooper. Holy sh! 8 12 and 19 points. That was supposed to be his best positional matchup was Flagler. and God damn. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, Dora, I looked elite. He looked great. I don't think, I wouldn't say, just because he didn't get enough touches, I don't know if he looked like a NBA prospect per se, but he's definitely like the best player um, on the Auburn team in this game. So going to the second takeaway, um, the little things still need to be definitely sketched out going forward. Um, Loose balls. Bruce Pearl said they were going to win pretty much all of the loose balls, and they did. They got to the floor more against a younger team, and they got the balls more pause um, the the loose rebounds that you kind of have to really track down they had the majority of those we kind of got some of them when we were at our best uh, trying to play catch up and keep the game close but for the most part they tracked down the loose balls um, fucking idiots out here uh, 1 8 10 12 a.m. they're going to fucking rage at that shitty ass bar over the shitty ass bars downtown uh, yee to them. Um, so the passing the ball out if you have a hand in your face, they did that, Baron Auburn. Although, however, uh, another thing that Auburn didn't do very well pick and pop and pick and fade defense, um, because of the non existent pick defense, uh, and identification of picks, uh, communication of picks, uh, they didn't have a hand in their face very often, and we did because our screens. Like I said in previous episodes, our screens don't even matter at a certain points. Just, oh, Sheree's going to reject the screen and uh, waste 10 more seconds to um, dribble and get locked up and pass it out to somebody else who's going to miss the open three because he isn't very good at shooting Democ Cambridge. Um, it's just like that That same song against every time. Screen, reject the screen, even though you need a screen to get off the guy because all of the all their damn guards are really good on defense uh, so let me just reject the screen instead to take a contested three um let's see what else, what else what else what else um finishing at the rim open layups Baylor did better than that Auburn made it tough very often kind of had gotten uh effed with fouls more than than they did um I know it says it, it, it was it was not even a fouls. you can okay it might have been even fouls in the first half it was not even a fouls in the second half that's just objectifiable fact I... It just wasn't even. Like, the fishing was not even in the second half. That's not a takeaway. It just wasn't. But, um... Finishing the easy ones, Baylor was significantly better. Uh... Play, dunking the ball in, instead of just taking soft layups. They were better at that, too. Um... They were just pretty much all the little things. Baylor was significantly better at. Takeaway three, so I can let y'all get out, go home, and enjoy your night. Um... Oh, Flanagan. I'm not going to make that last takeaway. I'm not. I'm going to do a different takeaway. Flanagan was bad. Flanagan had one of the worst games I've seen for any player ever. He was horrid. I don't... It's not a personal attack. Don't get me wrong. It's not a personal attack. It's not I think I could do better than him. It's not I think that we should have benched him the whole game. It's not any of that. But when you have the ball in your hand as much as he did, and he had the ball in his hand about as much as Cooper, if not more, and you take – he went one assist from three, and the one he made was a BS shot. He took, like, four contested threes minimum, if not five. He took multiple contested twos. He took multiple contested shots. He did a bad job of driving when he was opening the, the perimeter to the to the rim. He routinely would, like – I know he said it's six assist assists, but he had five turnovers, so it doesn't really matter. It's, like, one-on-one. They routinely make the wrong pass on fast breaks. I mean, just not a good game. And that's not even talking about really non-statistical things. A lot of people aren't able to watch or understand some of the things that happen in the basketball game because they've like, not played it. And That's not me being condescending. I'm not a basketball expert by any means. But when you have a pick you have to have kind of a a knowledge of who's doing the pick. You have to have a knowledge of what have they done in previous picks in that game you know what college you really can't scout that too much like as far as previous games you just have that much time but you kind of have a general idea ba- i think based on the archetype of the person that's setting the pick what they're going to be more likely to do um you kind of have to communicate that one way or the other you know what are we doing we're switching we going under we going over yada yada I would say and Flanagan's one of the lead defenders of his team so it is up to him more often than not to make the call and what to do in the situations he routinely lost the guy that's supposed to be doing like if it was a fade he would not communicate go to the fade and he would, more often not, not himself go to the fade so the guy usually that white dude um I, I guess mayor yeah mayor uh fucking i do my homework on the like, fake ass john mayor uh <laughs> mayor would routinely like pop out to the three and as the big you know whoever his guys kind of switch over because they both would get ate up by the screen and you know they said pretty good screens but not you know amazing screens and then like flanagan would, like just kind of a no man's land between the screener and the uh screenie, and it would just be open three and if it was a pick and pop or a pick and roll, still wouldn't communicate it very well. There's a lot of times where, if it wasn't, if we didn't like have a uh, closeout to the rim fast enough, just easy layup. I mean, it it was oh, just about, to my, in my opinion, about every time I've seen Flanagan on a pick in that game, it was a horrid failure. Um, as a defensive captain on that team, uh, he just had to be way better than he was and he wasn't you know I mean he even forget picks he used to got beat on defense many times like he would be in front of his man but he got just beat a couple times by your um by your butlers um uh, flagler again uh more, more so butler and teagle was kind of who's his, I think his main matchup for the most part is butler but teagle also kind of got him sometimes and he was just getting beat to like not beat to the rim like blowing by but like this guy would get him Backwards and backwards, and going backwards, and he would just, yeah, just put the ball. He'd be right in the rim, pretty much put the ball in. He, Flanagan did not look on any level to be a first round pick in that game. Now, but I think he, if I think he went, I think he would be yes, I like a late, late like twenty 29th pick. Because I mean, he is still overall a great defender. He's just not like a good enough defender to go based on the merits being a 3-and-D dude. Like, Okoro, even in a normal draft, was so good on defense, isolation especially, but just period on defense, where you would say, okay, and he did been playing a better defensive system than this defensive system, but, again, you would just say, we're going to put Okoro on this dude and he's out of the game. He No matter what else everybody else does, this dude's out of the game. He's not going to be a factor. That's not what happened right? That just, that's not an attribute that Flanagan currently has. Um, and... He just needs to be better. I don't know what to say. He, he was... He was horrid on defense. He was bad on defense. Um... Final takeaway. After all this stuff I just said... Going on about 20 minutes now. This is a very encouraging game. When they were locked in... They... Routinely produced open shots. They routinely produced... Good looks going to the rim. They routinely produced... A hell of a lot of pressure... On the best guard... Stable in basketball. Um... They took out the the bigs, quote unquote the bigs for this team. Um, they just have to be better in things they were not good at all year. Things like communication, things like understanding picks, um, the the little niche stuff that can be fits in with chemistry and with film study and all that stuff. Those are things that they um, they can definitely improve on, but they just were not good at today, have not been good at for the most part all season. Like I said. Um Effort. I mean, they—they're—they're they're very effort team. Like they pretty much go as far as the vibe and the, the momentum and energy they produce. Um, at defense, at certain points, they just did not have energy, and it would be usually usually led by the most important players on the team not giving it enough energy. Um, but they were tired, or they just looked lost out there. It happened often. But that is all I just say. That there's a lot of things that when I look at uh, with a with a with more development. And in another season, it's gonna be really hell to uh be given to other teams. Uh I mean imagine you take Jamal Johnson's minutes, you got cut him in the calf. you have a like Trey Alexander, uh damn NBA level, a three-level shooter. NBA level and three level means like going to the paint, uh mid-range and three points. He's about a three level shoot um score. Uh you, you give more minutes to Powell I mean Powell pretty much would be absorbing most of Jamal's minutes I would imagine uh, who is a knockdown shooter if he Lord willing can play next season I mean it just improves just dramatically going into the uh, next season Uh, Jabari Smith you know I I would hope that with Jabari Smith and with JT Thor that Flanagan I I, have well yeah I hope Flanagan takes less shots but I hope that Pearl plays more through the rim um, around the rim in the mid-range area and through the forwards, as he did with Okiki and with Okoro, that needs to happen more often. There needs to be less shots divvied up for the uh, perimeter because this is not a perimeter, not not a great perimeter core. You can say what you want about these guys could get better or they sometimes they're hot as hell. I get that. But formulaically speaking, a lot of them, they have slow-ass shots. They have shots that are very dependent on that home energy. So on the roll, we need to play more through the forwards. I would say we definitely need to play more than the Forest today because the best players were Thor. They were Chris Moore. They were Javon. Well, Javon fucking did to do too much today. But Cardwell got a shot in. Uh, the, the the flavor, Jalen Williams, what happened today showed that the 4s can be leaders uh, in the offense. They need to be when we're as dog-awful for three-point as we were and as bad at creating offense from the perimeter as we were today. That's my thoughts. That's my takeaways. Hope you enjoy. I tried not to go too long, but I still did anyway. I'm sure you enjoyed the content. It's probably the last really major Auburn game for a while. I think we like have some burner games until the stretch in uh, mid to late February where we kind of have all of our good teams back to back to back. So see y'all when I see y'all. Please rate, share, subscribe, like, thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> whatever podcast you listen on, just give a boy a review.